All right. So here's the thing. The election has been called uh, sort of a few days before recording this. And I just want to say this at the outset, that a Corbyn government in the UK and a Sanders government in the US would render the kind of thing we're about to talk about completely obsolete and just prevent it from ever existing in the first place. So every time we say something that makes you drop your phone and shout, what the fuck, come on, remember that the cure for that is socialism. Mm, and not mm. installing an app that tells you to vote Lib Dem. <laughs> exactly. Don't accept any off-brand imitations of socialism. No, in then- install this, your podcast app, where we will tell you to vote Labour, and then vote Labour. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to this bonus episode of Trash Future, that podcast you're listening to right now. I'm mm. Riley. I'm here in studio with Milo, who is on the boards. Hey, it's me. Yeah, I'm back in control of the audio system after whatever the fuck it was that happened last week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you're enjoying how this sounds normal, welcome. Yeah, Hussein was on the boards for the last one. And he's, for the last time. And he set some of the settings to weird. <laughs> Why don't we have a weird dial? Damn. I don't know, it's a, it's a holdover from our 1990s phase. Uh. Turning up the weird dial and looking back to my co-host for approval. Yeah, it's uh, we really should never have bought that mixing desk from Tom Green. Um, <laughs> but we, we also have Alice in Glasgow. Yes, also sounding a bit weird, but this time because I got a tooth yanked out of my face a couple of days ago. By Tom Green. Yes. Um, mm. <laughs> Tom Green, Scottish dentist, who knew? Um <laughs> And we're also rejoined by returning champion, Natalie Ola. Natalie, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I am recovering from a cold. Apart from that, fired up, ready to go, ready to face the election. Mm-hmm. Mm. Convalescence future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, basically, this is going to be one of these episodes of Trash Future where we have just one long-ass segment. Because I have been unable to start thinking about this since it sort of hoved into view in front of me uh, last week. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, uh, Anne Helen Peterson wrote this pretty popular article uh, earlier this year about how this thing called burnout is the main condition of millennial existence. That is to say, it's a generation of people who have been optimized and endlessly molded either by parents or and schools or the welfare system or zero hours contracts or whatever um, to constantly fit yourself perfectly to the needs of the market and never sort of sit down and take a break for yourself. That le- This leads us to burnout and become depressed husks who can't really bear to you know, do anything for whom life seems overwhelming. But in fairness, it was an excellent PlayStation 2 game. So, you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm ambivalent about that article, but fine. I think it was sort of criticizing something real and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, and if you're listening to this, you probably are depressed, just statistically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you're not, you will be by the end. Well, keep, yes. your, keep your trash future scorecard at the ready. <laughs> We should make a real scorecard sometime that people can keep at the ready. <laughs> just a heart, they give like a heart rate monitor so they can like see how depressed they are throughout the episode. Uh, anyway, so what Peterson did was she wrote a spiritual sequel to this article entitled The Company That Branded Your Millennial Life is Pivoting to Burnout. What? It's, uh, yeah, they're yeah. pivoting. <laughs> Alice, they're pivoting to burnout. Didn't you hear? I, I, I love to, to pivot to burnout. What, what does that mean? Mm. Does that mean they're going to make us all burned out and somehow make money from it? Uh, the opposite, in fact. Oh, okay. Uh, because that one's been done. I thought pivoting to burnout was something Australian teenagers did in like Holden saloons and like the parking lots <laughs> of Bunnings. <laughs> Snag in one hand, blackface paint in the other. <laughs> Um, but no, this uh, this episode, we're not going to focus on the content of this article, but rather on the company itself that is pivoting to burnout, whatever the fuck that means, pattern. So, um, what do we all know about pattern? Natalie, I'll, I'll let you leap off on this one. Um, that it's a, cu- a cookware. Cookware? Is that what you call it? Yeah, I mean, it does Homeless. many things. Um, it, it, is, it is a company... That is trying to solve burnout with um, brands. They're trying to use brands. Right. Mm. Yeah. Those things we love. Yeah. Wait, so they're going to use like a red hot poker to make you less burned out? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be as effective. But no, its that main would work purview on is, me. 
Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh my yeah. god, oh my god. I was so stressed before, but <laughs> my my girlfriend just independently discovered Wish.com and is sending me screenshot after screenshot <laughs> of Wish items. Wait, how how has she only just discovered Wish.com? I think she's, she's just- normal. She's oh. unlike Riley oh, yeah. and us. She is a normal person with a life. Oh, and she's also French. So there, it's like wish dot com. It's a tiny, like it's a little tiny plastic mistress mm. that comes with a little <laughs> tiny plastic scooter. <laughs> so pattern. So this is from uh, the article, the the Anne Helen Peterson article in August. After writing my Millennial Burnout article, I found an email from a man called Emmett Shine, the founder of Pattern, in my inbox. Emmett Shine? That's, Emmett Shine. That's a snake oil salesman who, like, is already, like, ginning up the wagon to go to the next town when people find out that his stuff doesn't work. Mm. Milo, I'm surprised you didn't leap on the name Emmett Shine. Yeah, I was just distracted for a second there, but yeah, normally I would have done. Sorry, uh, l- a lack of form from me. A-, a, rare, a rare slip in an otherwise perfect record. So uh, everybody mark that on your at-home scorecards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right, so uh, Peterson continues. My article, he said, had a profound effect on him and the rest of his already successful branding agency, Gin Lane, which we listeners will go into later. Not to be confused with Gin O'Clock, which is the Lib Dem app. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically just a... Okay, uh, spoiler alert, but what they do is basically just a version of a Gin O'Clock poster for people under 35. I, I do like that Gin Lane was Hogarth's view of like a, a genuine social ill. And so in 200 years in the future, if we survive that long, we'll have a marketing agency called Fent Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but like, do, can't you, can you just imagine sort of one of these um, slickly branded Instagram videos for a t-shirt that just says first is tragedy, then is farce? <laughs> um, I'm looking I, forward I to, to my fa- marketing agency in 2050 called Housing Christ Lit. Yeah, I love, I love to work for Crack <laughs> Epidemic. Great, <laughs> uh, wonderful. So, uh... How do you know what my porn production company is called? Uh, and so, goodness. And, his, and so Shine, um, big surprise, said he wanted to tell me, and Ellen Peterson, about his new company, which he just launched, Pattern. So let's jump to hearing Pattern's own words. This is from their website. And just so you know, by the way, uh, when I went to the website to lo- find all this, their website banner image is a childlike drawing of a bicycle left beside a footpath. So just let that set the tone for how infantilizing this is going to be. That doesn't sound left- infantilizing. That sounds mm-hmm. ominous. You're left to <laughs> merely deduce that they've been abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, aliens. I think you mean Austrians. Yeah. <laughs> you know how to get Milo. Okay, so... I'm going to say the first of their, uh, of, their, of their little bits of copy. We create purposeful brands that inspire you to learn, explore, and lay the foundation for a more present life. Today's culture of addiction to work, productivity, and technology has left many of us in a state of burnout. We're all, we just can't stop. Mm. <laughs> it's addiction. It's addiction. That's the only reason we're doing it. Yeah, no, it's nothing to do with material conditions. No, we we have to get an intervention to get us to stop going to work. Exactly. Sometimes we all just we all just like love paying rent too much. It's like a weird like I don't my, yeah. my landlord is like please I've had enough. It, but, it's uh, really affecting compulsion. our budgets. Yeah. 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 I just I wake up just face up and in, in the vestibule of a city office at Saturday at nine in the morning. It's crushing my life. Because <laughs> when you think about it, what is rent but an OnlyFans for landlords? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I keep tipping my landlord, who is Hannibal Barras. Yeah. So, having a deal, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> As a result, our generation has lost its enjoyment of everyday moments, the simple pleasure of doing something or even nothing for the sheer joy of it, rather than the end result of improving oneself. We're on a mission to bring this back. Okay, so it's basically exactly the same aesthetic as all of their brands they created in the past, but just with like a kind of like painterly overlay. So yes. just like hand painting watercolor effect over yeah. the like. And they've replaced the um, Helvetica, like block Helvetica primary color. Mm. Format with, um, I don't know what you'd call that, some kind of serif font. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of um, it's it's a very like uh, old old timey aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, what, what the it looks that- a bit like one of Hitler's paintings. And we're it's back to Austrians a again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what the they, sort of thing you might hang on the wall so, of I don't know a basement. Listeners, so what they've done is they have uh, a little 
a little tent and a and a campfire far away in the distance. They have birds flying over a house with smoke. They're essentially trying to make you. You may still live in a in in a world in which you have like nine different jobs to pay rent because only one city in the entire country has any jobs and rent there like costs all of your blood every year. But mm. like, don't worry this this brand is designed to make you feel like a child in the fifties. Well, I, I will say this: there's nothing quite like getting a molar ripped out with a pair of pliers to give you an honest disgust with whimsy. And that's where I'm at with this. So speaking yeah. of, so just keep all of that whimsy. Hold it firmly in your mind because I'm about to, uh, for the next paragraph, I'm about to deliver. Just one moment before we move on from their splash page. I'm just enjoying that Patton is a family of brands designed to help you enjoy daily life. Now, I don't really understand how brands can be a family other than in the Baron sanitation sense. <laughs> but but um, enjoy daily life just is like a very like weird and vague aim. So well, daily, day by day is how most people live their lives, really. Yeah. I mean, there's, is there another kind but of like, life? It's also if, very low stakes. Yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't, Basic I don't know, do you, do you like toast? <laughs> no, I don't like toast. I want Hovis because of the way Hovis makes me feel. Right, this is very yeah. similar to a Hovis ad. Have you seen a Hovis ad? Uh, yeah, I've watched a couple oh, of TV shows. Yeah, like kids cycling man. off to... So, yeah, so I, a... I'd like you all to hold that image of sort of um, tranquil idol in your mind while I read you the next paragraph, which is from a business publication talking about, about Pattern. Pattern Brands is a consumer startup that says it has already raised $14 million from the likes of Kleiner Perkins, Primary Venture Partners, and RRE Ventures. In addition to raising awareness about the effects of workplace burnout, the company's ambitious goal is to help people shift how they spend their leisure time outside of office hours. Co-founders Nicholas Ling and Emmett Shine describe Pattern's Nicholas first brand. Ling. <laughs> my Nicky Ling. My Nicky Ling. Anyway. Co-founders Nicholas Ling and Emmett Shine describes Pattern's first brand, Equal Parts, as a combination of high-quality kitchenware and guidance, such as online and in-person coaching. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That was a lot of words. Yeah, yeah to, to say that they're going to sell you pots and pans. Yes, um, but they're a tech company somehow. Mm. I see. Do, do, do the pots have sensors in them of some kind? or No. <laughs> I love I love like the evolution of this podcast is like when we started reviewing like dumb Silicon Valley companies they were all companies that at least would sell you something that was dumb that was actually technology like oh it's a salt shaker that connects to your dick via bluetooth for some reason <laughs> whereas now they're just selling you just like normal shit that you already have in your house <laughs> but, like but, oh but do you own saucepans why not buy this one which is more expensive and it's technology somehow it is technology in the most basic sense of the word in the sense that any tool is technology well, it's, it's, oh, first of all, it's on the usual. blockchain, and second of <laughs> yeah. all, what is porcelain if not made of silicon? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so um, if you're keeping score at home, uh, Milo's first pulse-raising moment, uh, that happened very early on. First yeah. 15 minutes, that's actually a 6 to 1 uh, yeah. Vegas odds. I'm pushing myself into an early stroke for the benefit of you, the listener. So that's the, here's the other thing. In addition to like, having yeah, $14 million for your feel-good kitchenware company. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. The other, just so you know... Um, RRE, one of these big VC firms that invested. You know what other companies are in their primary portfolio? Palantir and Amazon. I was going to guess whatever um, Blackwater is called this week, but shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More I or think less. It's, uh, definitely not war crimes, LLC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, they're they're helping sort of what, like urban 20-somethings feel better about, about, like, not having a mommy while at the same time, like, creating all of the infrastructure that's going to be monitoring them in case well, we they, like... <laughs> How does it like? How does the cookware help? Like, does the bottom of the frying pan say like, "Hey, you look hot today for a Pisces"? Like, what? What is it? I no, don't... Well, we will get into this. Okay. I have, I have, uh, dear listener, I have intentionally kept certain details of this from my co-hosts <laughs> so they do not understand what's going to go on. We oh, did fuck. not do our own research. It's sore. What I find funny about it, though, is it's basically like these people are so drunk on the kind of like the lifestyle that they lead that they're coming to the same conclusions that like everybody else came to at the beginning of like cooking is nice. Cooking is an enjoyable thing. And they like think that this is like a new lifestyle choice and then they're branding mm. it and selling it back to us. Or thinking that burnout <laughs> is a new problem instead mm. of something that people yeah, have yeah. been like, even this BuzzFeed writer has been aware of for years yeah. that they're mm. now pivoting to. I thought I could only get my rush by drinking the blood of the young, but recently I've gotten into risotto. <laughs> well, here, here's the weird thing, right? Um, 
We, we you know what we used to call burnout in the what nineteenth century? Uh, death. Yeah, it was being worked to death. <laughs> like none of like we wouldn't say that like I don't know a Victorian milliner was addicted to work. <laughs> you would you would say that they were working their right and proper twenty hours a day at the age of ten mm. for the very generous paycheck of you know two pence and some spit. Right, and, like, and exactly. it still is like that everywhere that isn't a highly developed yeah. country, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's almost as though it's almost as though what we're trying to do is respond to like a a secular slowdown in a, a secular erosion, rather, of workers' rights everywhere that resulted from like crushing all of the unions that kept people from paying you in spit for getting your leg torn off at work. <laughs> yeah. Um, by, we should again, point out, though, that in those days, spit was worth a lot more because of the Crimean War. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, so, but now it's gauche to just have a big spit harvesting machine that, like, maims children. So, here is what RRE, has, the venture capital firm, has written about Pattern. What makes a great consumer brand? The best consumer brands always have soul. Um, okay. Uh, the, the, the brand is a real boy. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> deeply uh, haram, by the way. <laughs> uh, so mark that at home. Um, <laughs> they are purposeful, intentional, and speak often about new ways to build community or express identity. Again, not it's important we don't do that with unions, which aren't brands no, and no. are old. And and the brands can speak like for themselves. We have a like yeah. a, a Doctor Doolittle VC firm here. Yeah, because <laughs> well, the trouble is you can't make union a brand. Because if you take out all the vowels from union, it's just mm. and who would buy that? No one. Um, whether you know it or not, chances are you have been touched by the work of the Pattern team in their previous iteration as Gin Lane. The portfolio of brand campaigns they managed include... Um, the Ever Wehrmacht. <laughs> Everlane. More or less. Everlane, Bonobos, Sweet Green. What? Wait, what, bono what? They were like, they did the monkeys? <laughs> yeah, they, 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 was invented, they invented the horny monkeys. What like, are, what's Bonobos? Imagine, like, the, like the Don Draper of Gin Lane just being like, they're like, monkeys. Don, we need, to, we need to make people interested in monkeys again. He's like, well, get this. It's monkeys, but they fuck. Draper, you've done it again. So Ever Everlane is basically, it's a company that I, I'm ashamed to say I'm on the email subscription list of. And they just sort of sell like very nice Sort of accessories made of like rough spun wool yeah, and fine leather. You strike me as a kind of Everlane consumer. Um, the Everlane yeah, they, man. They, they, they sell things for like Riley's interests. It's like a, <laughs> it's a Riley outfitter. <laughs> it yeah. sort of is. Uh, no, I prefer Acne Studios. Um, and the Bonobos is trousers. Uh, Sweet oh. Green is like a custom salad company that's also somehow a tech company. Okay. Yeah. Lo um, love to wear horny monkey trousers. Hims, <laughs> Hims is an organic Rogaine and Viagra company. Horny monkey trousers is actually a member of the Tory cabinet. Uh, but they are woke now because they're doing pronouns. So yeah. Recess, Alma, Dia and Company, and Harry's, a direct-to-consumer shaving company. So what I'm you learning is never do more than two syllables and always make it a trochee if you can. That's their branding strategy. <laughs> yeah, what I'm getting from this is that they're taking like everyday objects and like and making them seem like lifestyle choices. That seems to be their USP. Uh, but they're they're very expensive because they're on Instagram. Right. Yeah, and there are no sh and there are no shops. They don't have to employ anyone. Okay. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Bonobos would have been a much better name for the shaving company because they are hairy but they don't wear trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, Gin Lane, j all they did was sort of keep the Pod Save America Johns and enormous amounts of advertising money from, like, Harry's and whatnot. Um, Were they doing, so, like, live Save reads America for this? Johns. So RRE goes on... Uh, Sorry, I just, I just have to say that Pod Save America Johns are people who, like, cruise the street streets late at night looking to pay to have sex with the Pod Save America hosts. <laughs> yeah. But then they would be paying to here. have sex with themselves, mm. which is a very Pod move. Oh, yeah. Wow, indeed. Um, so, uh, their thesis is that today's adult consumer is living in a burnout culture. The team at RRE, uh, read the article Anne Helen Peterson wrote about millennial burnout. Just applying joker <laughs> makeup to self. Their thesis mm -hmm. is that we live in a society. Essential, a burnout society. Um, <sighs> and then mm -hmm. they also list all the other things they read, but I don't want to enumerate their list. And these articles reflected the personal experiences of the people at, um, at, at Pattern and ours at RRE. You don't have to look far to see this cultural backdrop. It makes you wonder if there's a better state of being. Great. A bunch VC of firms invented religion. 
Fantastic. <laughs> Call the cops. No, not the regular cops. <laughs> the Jesus cops. Mm. <laughs> uh, Natalie, what are what are some of your thoughts on this in the interim of this blog post? Um, I mean, I'm just I'm just baffled that, the, that these guys like had any kind of business because basically they just did exactly the same thing. They just reskinned like basic everyday objects and as lifestyle choices and then kind of gave them like a nice Helvetica font, a nice kind of like pastel colored backdrop or whatever. And that seemed to have worked. Yeah. And then now they've, and now they're trying to do the same with like our kind of like our psychology. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, the- it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of just Fortnite for people who think that Fortnite is a stupid game and want to live in real life. And uh-huh. so they're just like, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to get all of these reskins and they're meaningful for me somehow. And I'm going to yeah. spend all of my time and money trying to make sure Riley, I get them. You're just describing Overwatch. <laughs> um, so pattern aims to help today's adult consumer tackle these problems by finding enjoyment in simple pastimes. Each brand is not just a set of products, but an opportunity to learn, discover and enjoy. This is the ad copy for a preschool. Yeah, it really is. It's an early learning center. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's specifically for people in their 30s. Do they sell Play-Doh? Is that one of the things that they do? I'm fucking sure they will at some point. Instead of like a cookie cutter, you have to like match the cookie dough with the shapes and then push it through. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing, because that makes it slightly easier because you don't really have to exactly match it to the shape because you can just mash it through with your palm if your brain has turned to mush too much since you began using the product. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's that's a learning outcome. Yeah, well, it's like it's they could make more money just by giving you a report card every few months. (laughs) You don't need to do the kitchenware. Just it's, give, it's the just... literal participation trophy. It, it's real now. Is it just a? You can just get an app that just tells you you're a good boy every now and again. Yes, you you get you get a gold star uh, for for being good. Incredible mm. for trying mm. your best. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's oh god, it's about making a moment for yourself to be fully present and try something, even if you won't be perfect or good at it. This is slapping a my kid is an honor student at Springfield Elementary sticker on a Buddha statue. Well, the other thing it's for is like this, you could tell the target market for this, and you know because everyone involved in all of the marketing at the VC and this firm for this product is people who when they go on a first date will tell you about how well they did in high school and how it made them a social outcast. Just formally gifted gifted and talented. <laughs> well, I mean, but essentially what they've done is like this VC firm has invested 14 million dollars in a cookware company for former gifted kids. <laughs> <laughs> Which you love, you do love to see it. So, if you want an idea for how much an equal parts purchase costs, you can get just the knife for $79. $79 for a good knife. I mean, if it's a That's good knife, the knife fucking Hattori Hanzo. <laughs> what is this? This is the most shocking thing of all. Hang on. Whoa. We, we immediately have the class divide here because me and Riley <laughs> both went, "Yeah, that's not bad." I mean, if it's a nice knife, <laughs> I'm horrified. I see you've paid knifey pricey before. (laughs) And a 20-piece set for $500. Again, that sounds fucking normal. Well, it kind of does. If it's a good, like, what does a set of Wusthofs cost? Like, probably slightly more? Um, Yeah, I think, like, if, like, okay, a Wusthof gourmet, like, classic chef's knife is 69 pounds. Um, Nice. So, like, you can get a better knife for less money. Okay. Um, Does it look nice? Does the stuff look nice? Is it fine? Okay. But but uh, the the full the full twenty piece set's five hundred dollars. And for reference, the twenty piece starter set from IKEA mm. is about eighty bucks. Okay. Fine. Yeah. I'm not against, and I'm not mm. against. I know Alice is on my side here. I'm not mm. against fancy cookware. I love fancy cookware. Yeah, that's me being a real authenticrat. Riley's, like- <laughs> Riley's a big fancy lad in a little <laughs> sailor costume with a big lollipop. We do have to distribute the fancy cookware more evenly. But having nice cookware is not antithetical to the tenets of Marxism-Leninism. Yeah. Personally, though, I like the knives of Opinel, which I feel are much better made, plus I like a wooden handle. They, they make anyway, a good pocket knife, but cookware, eh. Uh, is the twist going to be that all of their cookware is actually just like, it's, it's metal on the outside, but the inside is just chocolate? Kind so of. if at any point you're feeling a bit sad, you can just peel back the, like, the side of your cooking knife and chomp down. Well, here's the thing. A $500 set, a 20-piece set of cookware and stuff, like... That's going to probably be like either stainless steel or maybe not co- full copper, but might have some copper like on the bottom. I get some copper involved. It's just aluminium. Wow. Their entire set is all aluminium cookware. 
Okay, now now I'm back mm. on the proletarian side. That's larceny. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they say they're doing it. Yeah, aluminium's like not popular, but it's recyclable and easy to clean. But that's transparently horse shit. You're selling massively overpriced cookware. Yeah, you, it's made you know of shitty is, materials. You know what else is recyclable it? and easy to clean? Stainless steel <laughs> it is cheap also and abundant. Can I tell you, mm. uh, Natalie, can I answer your question? If you purchase any equal parts kit, you get eight weeks of free access to a personal cooking coach. Oh, yes. I forgot about the personal cooking coach. Hell yes. <laughs> it's going to give it's you this a mom. podcast. <laughs> cooking is good for us, yet in the past few years, it's fallen out of favor. Why? Because many of us are burnt out. Our generation cooks at home less than any other, which makes sense given that we work more and sleep less. Can't be any homes. reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> We should buy this knife and get the um, personal cooking coach to call into the podcast and just have eight <laughs> episodes. Oh, God. Mm. Uh, you need so, to interview the chef. They say, but also, how like, wrong does your life have to have gone as a chef that you're now working <laughs> as the personal cooking coach for the fucking chocolate foil <laughs> cooking company? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's this complete failure to. I mean, not a complete failure to think critically. I mean, they are just here marketing a product. Like, we're here making fun of them for not being totally transparent. Like, obviously, they're not going to be. But, like, it's just so insulting where they're just like, oh, we're too burnt out. It's cool to be burnt out. So none of us are cooking. We have to learn to start enjoying the these little moments again. Mm. Like, as, as, though, as though that any of this is a choice. And that we're yeah. all just feeling like overwhelmed small beans. It's 12 rules for life. It's fucking tidy your room and be an alpha, but just like a liberal version. Preview, this company has a 12 rules for life. Jesus. Oh, wow. Of course they wow. fucking do. But we're going to get to that later on. But just on, just on the mum thing, I, yeah. I don't know if this is a spoiler alert. Tell me if no, I should please, be mentioning please. this now. But um, in the piece... One of them, one of their mums died, right? And that was like a huge trauma for them. And what's really like, what's really shocking about this whole thing is that basically they've like, they've manufactured a mum. Like his like conclu his conclusions that he drew from the fact that he was really upset about the fact that he wasn't there to like be with his mum when she was dying was that he's going to create a company that then gives you a mum as opposed <laughs> to being like work less, spend more time with your mum. This is a super villain origin story. <laughs> nodding, yes. nodding sagely as I sell this really overpriced aluminium cookware to like gullible morons and looking up at the portrait of my mum on my desk going, <laughs> mm, indeed it is what she would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's that's the other thing, right? It's like this the whole sort of drive for authenticity and relatability in brands has led people strip mining personal tragedy for marketing copy. Truly, like I, like how do I solve the problem with the fact that I wasn't there for my mum? I'll just like capitalize my way out of it. It's just mm. absurd. Exactly, and personal then, tragedy is actually recyclable. And, <laughs> and the authenticity of this, like if you're texting the same people, you're not going to be making authentic food, whatever that means, because you're going to be making the same five things they tell you to. So, what they say is you can get inspired any night of the week. Our human cooking coaches. <laughs> <laughs> like, that only makes sense to specify that they're human cooking coaches in one of two universes. Number one, it's the, it's the universe of the movie Ratatouille, and you're trying to reassure your customer <laughs> that a rat won't be calling them to tell them what to cook. Or two, they're teaching you specifically how to cook 40 humans. Well, that, that would be authentic, to be fair. That would be very, mm. it'd be very authentic. It'd be cool 1990s Simpsons, which everyone likes to remember from back mm. when they were a kid, which they desperately want to be because their digital marketing job is scary alternatively hey this cooking coach is a fucking rat <laughs> <laughs> um so our coaches are there for you seven days a week to help with questions like the following um what do we all think one of the questions could be how do i chop an onion i don't know why do i hate myself <laughs> yeah so, how do i boil water uh, natalie <laughs> you got yours question was more substantive than the one they suggest about onions the one they suggest about onions is, what's the difference between a red and white onion? <laughs> well, the color's the big one, I'd have thought. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so this reminds me, right? What, so I, I used to live with a girl in Moscow called Clava who was a cocktail barman. And uh, once she was at work and these two guys came in and they were like, can we have a black and a white Russian, please? And she's like, sure. And so she makes them and puts them down on the table. And then the guy's like, yeah, so uh, which one is which? And she's like... <laughs> 
And she's like, well, one of them's a black Russian and one of them's a white Russian. He's like, yeah, but which one? She's like, well, one of them's fucking black and one of them's fucking white. He's like, well, I can see that, but which one is which? Fucking <laughs> Russian just- Abbott and Costello. <laughs> just creating an Abbott and Costello situation in Russia. <laughs> so Basically. He- here are the four questions they think that, that you could ask your, um, your cutting board mom. What should I make for dinner tonight? Anne Boleyn was the first cutting board mom. Thank you. Um, I'm imagine, imagine working as an advisor for this and giving a shit instead of just being like, I don't know, toast, bro. <laughs> I'm a bit tired. What can I whip up in under 30 minutes? I don't know, toast, probably. <laughs> What's the difference between a red and white onion? You could just Google that. This is a form of Google that makes you feel loved. That's what I was going to say. What is their answer to it? Do they give you an answer? No, you have to buy the cutting board to find out the answer to one of the Now I must subscribe. That's how they get you. I added too much salt. Help. <laughs> Help, please. Please, please come around. It's too salty. What about what's the difference between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn? Yeah, anyway. Why'd they put salt on their toast anyway? <laughs> so in, uh, in my head, this is just now exclusively for telling you to make toast. <laughs> Welcome wow. to the annual board meeting of Kleiner Perkins. First up, we've invested in a company that sends a guy to murder your employees if they try to unionize. And second, we have a cutting board that's also your mommy to raise awareness of overwork. Both of these are tech companies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the spit harvesting machine. <laughs> Why not? Oh <sighs> God, wasn't that just twenty three and me? <laughs> that too. <laughs> All right, back to the article. Because I imagine you're probably wondering if these guys are actually like outright hypocrites. And the answer is not really, and it's not really important. Also, for legal reasons. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, this they they say like an anti-burnout company can't be burning out its employees. So you get 20 days of paid time off. The workday ends at six. There's maternity leave and so on. Things of that nature. Things that for a European social democracy are just things you have like yeah, the I, bare I, minimum actually it, yeah. it would be nice if like companies were forced to provide these things instead of doing them as some sort of weird vision guidance trip thing mm-hmm. yeah but then if companies are forced to do it then they don't get to realize that it's a good thing to do and they don't get to develop as companies uh-huh. the, brand, the brands don't yeah. get to make their you, souls you, 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 don't, more you, don't, you don't get to sit in the smoke lodge for like 20 hours and stumble yeah. out with the idea that maybe people should have maternity leave damn I'm, I'm president Elizabeth Warren and I believe that all companies should just ascend to the top of a mountain in the Himalayas where they will speak to a guru <laughs> and only after many years will they understand yeah. what they must do we're, with we're, their employees we're, we're, we're gonna have an act to make corporations divorce themselves from samsara <laughs> mm. um so uh, natalie I'll, I'll throw this back to you a little bit what do you think of this uh, i this idea that just doing the bare minimum of not killing the people who work for you with overwork is some kind of brand-based nirvana i mean this is like this whole thing is like very i mean it's quintessentially american when obviously it's like it bodes very badly for like the british economy which seems to be moving which has been moving more and more in that direction for the past 25 years um 30 years but um what I find, like, also the cooking thing is also quintessentially American. Like, uh, British people here, like, we've just been getting on with, like, eating supermarket tortellini or toast, to your point, Alice. Uh, yeah, tortellini on toast. That, that's all I've been eating for the last 10 years, basically, after work. But in America, you guys eat out a lot more, right? That's more of a thing. It's like going to restaurants or whatever. So this kind of whole novelty, like, the whole novelty of cooking seems quite strange and alien to me as a thing. Cause we've, mm. <laughs> I've just Way been to fight to... the stereotypes of your people. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, f- uh, it's just, I mean, it's probably absurd. I don't really know. Um, I don't really know what else to say. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what that comes next. Milo, you prefigured this a bit earlier. Oh no, I their, hate it when that happens. Their sacred text is Patterns 10 Simple Steps to Help You Enjoy Your Daily Life. Extremely hurrah. Uh, just check that one off twice. Which includes, uh, and I shit you not, as the first item on the list, make your bed. Why don't I get my <laughs> no. text message mum to do it? Oh, <laughs> Since I'm paying hell. for the privilege. Damn. Do they do a service where you can have like a, a virtual stepmom and things get a little bit more exciting? <laughs> a bit more spicy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is this is where it's like, yeah, we realized it's just it's just Jordan Peterson. This is just Jordan <laughs> Peterson shit. Mm. It, it's Jordan Peterson shit for like Elizabeth Warren voters, but it's still Jordan Peterson shit. Which is what Jordan Peterson promises is just you can 
you can take control of elements of your life so you don't feel like you're buffeted by winds of chaos anymore. Also, by the way, uh, women belong in the kitchen. Mm. Wait, how do cookware? Yeah. This this synthesis of uh, of uh, right wing right wing talking heads and also uh, cookery instructions has happened before. With drum roll, please, the Nick Griffin BNP Cookery Channel on YouTube. What? Excuse me. Do we? In- Wait, hang on, Alice. Do you not even remember this? I do not. Oh my fucking god. So, this would a uh, cast cast ye minds back to like 2012, 2011. This is starting to ring some horrifying okay. bells. Was so 2014 even real? I don't so, know. Basically, Nick Griffin worked out that there was a, that there was like a kind of a bit of a connection between like a lot of the people that voted BNP and kind of being like uh, generally like ostracized from society and poor. And then he started doing these videos about how you could like make a family meal for like under five pounds, where he, in his Help for Heroes polo shirt, would make like fucking hearty stews from like horrendous cuts <laughs> of meat that he'd got for like four quid in Lidl. Um, I and have some quotes. I have some quotes from this in so front of me. My favorite one, which is one that is scored into my mind from the time I watched this video was one where he was like so um uh you see uh you know you can uh, you can make a curry on your own at home in England which just goes to show that we don't actually need all those immigrants <laughs> over here <laughs> He literally Incredible. did the fucking uh, Rowan Atkinson sketch about like I like curry but now we have the recipe I don't see any reason for them to stay <laughs> um so, early on, Mr. Griffin admits that normally BNP TV does politics and not cookery. Uh, this is from an article in The Independent by Adam, Adam Withnell, um, <laughs> which is absolutely incredible. Uh, so, he gives such pieces of basic advice such as different things take different times to cook. Do take mm. the tinfoil off your stock cubes. And when peeling an onion, get rid of the outside stuff you obviously don't want. I never had Nick Griffin down as a trad wife. Get rid of all that brown skin, get down to that nice white stuff underneath. <laughs> English cookery, actually for centuries, was the very best in Europe. It only became no, simple when no. the Hanoverians came over from Germany. We're gonna get oh, El- the El- back on, because that's- no, that's not true. That's incredible. I love- I love to blame English cookery being bad on the Germans somehow. <laughs> that's a very fun- a very says, fun turn. We've got a Mexican restaurant in town, but the place isn't- isn't swamped with Mexicans. You take the recipe, that's really all you need. <laughs> oh yeah, that that is from the rant where he's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but hang on, so the cooks when they come, do they come into your homes? And no, I'm going you just back call to them. Pattern. You just oh, they, they're just on the phone. Yeah. Are any of them Nick Griffin? Oh, yeah, I think that's that going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah, what is he, what is he doing now? No one knows. Nick Griffin to you. Exactly. <laughs> wow, your coaches are really good at teaching me how to cook and making me feel better about myself. But they have some really interesting views on immigration and Islam. <laughs> um. So so more of the uh. Uh, Jordan Peterson, Jomney Sun shit that uh, this company espouses its Ten Commandments. Why does it have a sacred text? Because companies need to have a sacred text now, Alice. God. Yeah, manifesto. Uh, because, awesome. I mean, Kalima. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just be, I don't know, selling shoes or bread. You have to be transforming the world and making a social impact and it has to have come to you in a vision. It's no longer enough. This is like look for Zay Isis. It's horrifying. Uh, Except it's much worse than look for Zay. Um... (laughs) That's the thing. <laughs> the most rightly possible how, comment. How the main a, issue is not really the ISIS bit, so much as the Le Creuset part. Like, how is a worker's co-op going to have this amount of clarity of vision or pure psychosis? <laughs> Can I just say I bought a Le Creuset pot for the first time in my life and, like, spent money on it? Because, like, to your point, apparently I'm meant to have nice cookware. And it mm. broke. It broke within, like, a week. And I was meant Typical. to have a like guarantee on it, and it didn't. I mean, I know this isn't like a place for complaints, but like the cruise. No, it listening. totally is. It absolutely, I'm is. Yeah. This, this is cook I'm future. For the benefit of the listener, Natalie's haircut slowly morphed into a kind of short bob with a fringe <laughs> as she was talking about that. Um, well, I mean, you know, Le Creuset is French workmanship, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> are you listening to uh, Britain First uh, Cookery Podcast? Uh, are you be talking about you don't want to be cooking any of that French bollocks? No. They want to make our laws for us. (laughs) So, um, uh, some more include, do one thing at a time. Each morning, do something before checking your phone. No. Let your mind wander. No. I'm not going to do the opposite of all of these just to spite them now. What if your alarm's on your phone? 
Well, then do something really fast before you can before you turn off your alarm. Wake up before you wake up and do <laughs> something. That's that's real success. When mm. we're talking success, I'm talking about whatever time you wake up, you wake up before that. You wake up before you're even awake. You wake up when you're asleep. No, this is this is actually Make money in your uh, dreams. They're, they're earning the religious thing now because this mm. is quite esoteric. The brand yeah. that can be told is not the true brand. <laughs> Take control mm. of your leisure time. My favorite one is embrace mediocrity. You don't have to be perfect. Way You're buying this. You're clearly a loser. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just parental substitutes, and you're just you're just it's just people working out all the shit that they were experiencing when they were mm. thirteen, but they're thirty and they have the problems of a thirty year old. But all the solutions are designed for someone who's thirteen. <laughs> It's monumentally stupid. Eventually, there's going to be like a fathers for justice thing where like someone was such a bad dad that you know the pots and pans were ordered custody of the kids. <laughs> you, like, you know they were giving is, them though? better advice. You know what this is. In uh, in Marx, he has this metaphor for like alienation and atomization, where he says people are like a sack of potatoes. Like they don't have any solidarity. They're like individual potatoes rattling around in a big sack together. This is a sack of small beans. <laughs> Mm. Um, so, what's their actual theory of change? How's this company proposed to work? The germ of their idea was never them thinking, oh, we feel burned out, we need to solve it. Whether this is back to the Anne Helen Peterson article. Not the BMP cookery channel, <laughs> in case you're confused. <laughs> Mark that on your cards at home. The BMP um, also very keen on solving things. It was, it, was, it was Ling talking about cooking and what it did for his feelings. Camille kept bringing up Benjamin Franklin's 13 virtues. <laughs> Here's the best one. Emmett Shine couldn't shake the feeling that he was just like Abe Simpson, an old man shaking his fist at the cloud, but with no idea what exactly he was so anxious and angry about. Damn, man yells at the cloud because he just hates <laughs> centralized <good>. data storage. <laughs> yeah, 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 small bean yells at cloud. Uh, I um, mean, like... Wh- what is wrong? How are they? I bet all these people are fucking millionaires as well. Like, absolutely, oh, and, and, they're, and they're millionaires from like making some Instagram posts about like why pants are trendy. Yeah, it's, just, or it's so why why pants are for monkeys. Um, it's so banal, isn't it? It's just like I kind of like I'm actually struggling to concentrate during this episode because like as much as uh, I'm finding it hard to actually muster up the necessary hate for this product to like really because it's just nothing. Yeah, it's much, just nonsense. much like Gladwell. It's like a psychic vampire yeah and it's like one of those things where like in any other industry this level of just nonsense would not be tolerated like if you were as bad a plumber as they are like a fucking product designer no one would employ you because like everyone's house would be underwater but like for some reason unless this mythical world of like fucking oh yeah well i came out with this dumb startup idea we were at fucking Deshume the other night right again here's my turn to be posh right um, and uh, there was some like americans saying oh because it was the Shoreditch one, of course. And they were sitting across from us, you know, talking about like all oh, the various like startup ideas they'd been coming up with, and they're all just like dumb. But this is like the world we live in now where like the way to succeed is to come up with a stupid idea for a product nobody needs, because then some billionaires will fund it because they have so much money that it's starting to cost them money. So they have to fund <laughs> something with it. And then you just get bollocks like this gets produced, and they sell it to a few hundred people on Instagram, and in two years it goes it goes bust. But heaven forbid anyone should try and have a career in like something like the arts because like trying to have a career in the arts when you aren't already famous is just like lame because like obviously you'd be famous by now if you're any good right whereas all these like fucking mediocre assholes and like, they just they become millionaires through nothing through companies that fail and lose money and it's just it's insane like back in the day you had to at least like dig oil out of the ground or something like do something that was useful if like evil but no it's just like ah cookware that makes you feel better about yourself what you, you actually didn't though it it was, it was always this bad because oil executives, the guys who made money on oil, were called grubstakers, uh, si- if not sister, cousin podcast to us, uh, who would like, oh, we'll give you the money to go and dig the oil out of the ground, and then you'll get a share of it, and then they'll just steal your share from you. So it, it's always huh. been like this. Um, yeah. But that at least produced a product that was useful. Yeah. And even they were, if and, it was extractive. And, and they were less self-pitying, to be fair. Yeah. yeah at least Andrew look- Carnegie did not like doff his giant top hat and complain about how uh, like he needed self therapy through brands. <laughs> so, a- anxiety Rockefellers. Uh, uh, we got to where we got to with patterns, said Emmett Shine, as a form of self therapy. Christ. <laughs> you did it. Uh, <laughs> I did the thing. I did the thing. 
you did the lathe of heaven. You know, um, Natalie, you talk a lot about um, how worthwhile endeavors in the arts, especially in worthwhile endeavors by working class people, tend not to get funded because so many of society's resources just go to making, you know, a a, a brand of of like a, a a call out service for plumbers that always have a cup of tea with you. Like, what, what's your reaction to that? Right. Yeah, and also. One of my like chief complaints about kind of cultural climate is just like how banal it's become and how like how co- like lowest common denominator everything has become. So it's just like just as inoffensive as possible. If you can make something as inoffensive as possible, you'll have like your standard likely chance of getting commissioned for it. And that's kind of happening from the other end of the spectrum because that's happening from a kind of like arts world perspective. But you can kind of see the mechanisms of it laid bare here, right? Because it's a kind of it's a similar thing happening from the corporate it's like the, the corporate world trying to make itself look as like benign and like friendly as possible because that's the logic that now pervades everything. And it also conceals, obviously, like we were talking about, like a much more like rampantly like capitalist agenda. But do we know how successful this stuff is? Like, is it actually selling? Um, that doesn't matter I- anymore. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what this is like? There was a time when Pablo Escobar, the uh, Colombian drug lord, was making so much money in cash from uh, drug sales that obviously he couldn't use banks or launder it that quickly. So he ended up just burying oil drums full of $100 bills all over Colombia, which just rotted. And that's what and that's this what is. That's what we do and with your Patreon is. money. That too. But that, that's what this is. This is an oil drum full of slowly yeah. decomposing cash. Yeah. Mm. Do they but, still do they still have the the agency? Do they still have uh what was it called again? I forget. Gin Lane. Gin Lane. Gin Lane. No. Why is it called Gin Lane? Uh, because, because they saw the Hogarth woodcut and were like, ooh. Oh, right. oh cool okay. And they, and they missed oh, yeah, the yeah. points of it. Like, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Ginny Lane is in my mind and in my heart. I think this it's the um it's it's the it's the it, it's our, this, our it's brands this, will sorry. make you so distracted that you throw your baby off an overpass. <laughs> it's the Huge. it's the soft boy version of the people who watch American Psycho and think it's about a cool guy. Exactly. Right. Um, Babies are freeloaders. Throw them off bridges. You know, like um, they're they're the ones that are contributing to your burnout. Babies, they get you up in the middle of the night, and what do they do? Nothing. Do they ever earn any money? Have they ever paid the rent? No. So here is what Emmett Shine has to say, and I'm going to need everyone to listen until I am done reading this. Quotation. Speak on it. Listen, he continued, the frustration palpable in his voice. I like surfing. I like waves. Look around and you'll see pictures of waves everywhere in this office. But if you go on Wikipedia and type in waves, it's all math. The entire universe is constructed of waves. If you're surfing and you're ahead of the waves, you get toppled over. If your ratios are behind the wave, it just goes underneath you and you can't catch it. And all I'm going to say, and I'm going to try to say this in a way that isn't like pull quotey and bad, but I think we found ourselves in a good wave position. Uh, not- we live in a fucking society. <laughs> I, I, oh my god! You know what, what the fuck did we just listen to? I, I, was I don't what do you think, think he's people I don't malfunctioning. Think, yeah, I, d- I don't think he succeeded in making it not poor quotey and bad. It was the poor quote. Well, except that no one, <laughs> except that no one apart from us would ever quote that because it makes no sense and is incredibly long and unwieldy. So I like surfing and I like waves. Look around you and you'll see pictures of waves everywhere in this office. Okay, I mean that. That's, I don't know why he's saying it, but at least it makes sense. Mm. It's connected. I like surfing, so I put up pictures of waves in the office. Yeah, yeah that's just mm. ordinary stupid guy. And then it takes a hard turn <laughs> yeah. into Labrador. That's being like I, like, I like cars. And if you look around this office, you'll see pictures of raw gasoline everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> if you look in your glass, you'll see a cup full of raw gasoline. Yeah, drink it now. The entire u- If you go on Wikipedia and type in waves, it's all math. Well, that's just not true, isn't it? Well, there'll be there'll be like a disambiguation. He doesn't even know about the disambiguation. <laughs> the, the Beatles go to Rishi Kesh and uh, like a Swami sells them some cookware. Incredible. <laughs> the entire universe is constructed of waves. No, it's not. Is he doing like a really badly remembered version of string theory? Is that the almost certainly? Because uh. if you're going to be a, a a market, if you're going to be a venture capital funded marketing agency. All you have is pretending you're smart by quoting stuff you half remember from having read from a fancy book that you read 10 years ago. Yeah, the universe this, yeah. is more of a vibe, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more or less what he says. This guy really prides himself on being well read as well in the article. Like, there's a whole spiel about him loving to read. And, oh, like, he's, um, he's small bean Steve Bannon. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. A hundred years ago, this guy would be like, you know, the universe is largely comprised of orgone energy, and that's why I have all these jars of testicles. 
<laughs> so, uh, Natalie, I didn't catch the part about his um, literary obsession. What was what were his books like? Oh, I don't think she specifies what his books were. I mean, maybe she does, but she actually was kind of annoying because I I don't mind the girl who wrote it. I thought the burnout piece was quite good, but in this one, she's kind of like she's celebrating the fact that he's someone that works in Silicon Valley, and yet he's so well read, um, but doesn't specify what he reads. But honestly, kind of- banned books. <laughs> yeah. Banned books in general because they impress the world's dumbest people. <laughs> yeah. But it's like people who pride themselves on having read Sapiens, right? There's like countless people working in the corporate world who read one book last year and it was Sapiens. And they quote from it, like, they quote from it all the time. And it's like they they would use every, and they like Sapiens. They like Sapiens because there's no kind of like, there's very little like kind of like theoretical understanding to it. There's very little kind of like theoretical analysis to it. It's just like a succession of facts. And they can go and uh, like quote to other people, and it's a complete like commoditization of knowledge. It's like they see they see the point of reading and the point of knowledge, so that they've kind of got it and they can use it, and they can use it against people, and they can use it to bolster their image and make them look smart. But they have no theoretical understanding. Like these people are abjectly stupid. Yes, mm. and, and like they, they don't have to. Like, it's more digestible because unlike uh, our favorite writer Sun Tzu Machiavelli, they don't have to like <laughs> apply <laughs> the lessons to business from like I don't know leading a Chinese army or in the Middle Kingdom. <laughs> in, instead, they just have to like just read the thing and like internalize it. Yeah, Sun Tzu's yeah. art of business. Like when you're when your investors are far, look busy. When your <laughs> yeah. investors when your when your investors are near, say some. Nonsense about waves or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe make a risotto from your own cum. I don't know. Something like that. But um, I'm pretty sure Shine will have like listened to the audiobook of Sapiens at some point and therefore thinks of oh, himself yeah. as well read. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That really is true in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Um, so basically, all the evidence up to this point seems to indicate that like these people, I don't I don't think they're being cynical. I think they actually believe this. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Um, I mean, they're, they're two steps wave. away from a cult right now, right? Like <laughs> they have the sacred text, they have the like uh, shared like values and stuff. I, we're we're like a couple of ATF smoke grenades coming in through the windows <laughs> away from a mass, a mass, let's say, incident. So Nate doesn't have to cut this. Yeah. I, love a, I love a I love a Waco siege reference on the Trash Teacher podcast. It's not often. Yeah. Oh God. Um, I, I try so- and make them count. I I like save yeah. them up and then yeah. So this is what Peterson comes to as the sort of climax of her article. Can a for-profit co- venture actually help reverse the cultural affliction it helped create? No. And the short answer is no. Of course not. Of course it can't. You're you're a fool if you think it was. Why would you trust that? We, we, we just we have the snake problem, so we release the mongoose, and then we have this mongoose problem all of a sudden, so we release the bears, and then we have this bear problem. <laughs> so now we, we yeah. so then we turned the bear problem into a problematunity and started selling tickets. Hi, welcome to Pattern. <laughs> so here is genuinely what they say to this, how they answer this, uh, can a for-profit venture actually help reverse the cultural affliction it helped create? Um, this is another long quote that I'm going to have to get through because it's quite something. I mean, we're all going to have to get through it, Riley. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is from Ling. I was w- looking at this Ernst & Young report about how they're helping people manage their workplace habits better during the peak season for accounting. And I was thinking (laughs) Mating season but for accountants (laughs) And I was thinking Why does that feel like it's really going to make a difference You know Ernst & Young They're a great company I'm sure But not everything about their being is going to catalyze that change Everything about their being is going towards Whatever their mission statement is Like making sure that people have good accounting practices Or whatever Which is why I think you need companies like Pattern At the center of things like this To set the standards that we will drag other people to I hate ev- I hate three distinct different things about this. He, yeah. he thinks I mean, that the point of a company is to implement its mission statements, and then he thinks mm. that his company is going to drag that company into more closely aligning with its expressed values in that mission statement by selling them crockery. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. I mean, th- like honestly, like this guy. I mean, credit to him because he has just devised the world's first single-person human centipede, where this guy's <laughs> mouth is just surgically connected to his own anus somehow, and it's been it's been just doing the merry-go-round for so long that not only has he bypassed the fucking human cooking coach, but the you know he like doesn't even know what's real anymore. He's like, yeah, you know, Ernst and Young, they're just about you know making sure people's accounts are all good and stuff. Like they mm. definitely don't have a profit motive or anything. <laughs> like that. No, it's it's. I mean, we were talking about whether or not these guys are sincere, and 
initially I thought no. I thought this BuzzFeed writer has just been snowed by these people who are just trying to like make a quick buck off of their shitty cookware. <laughs> I I was so wrong. Uh, th- th- this is these people are such dullards that they have to mean every word of this. The universe <laughs> is comprised entirely of waves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what we're doing is we ha- we sell a cutting board that's also that's your genuinely mom. genuinely like something Jaden Smith would say. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> the level this guy's on. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to convince Ernst and Young to give businesses ta- um, their account, their annual accounts, but that have like little messages on them, like gold star. Damn. <laughs> like, hey, take time, uh, take time, taking time for yourself, priceless. Uh, Capital I, I, expenditure, two point four million. <laughs> t- take two and a half years out of my business because Ernst and Young have to audit my vibes. <laughs> Damn. Oh, good lord. Well, vibes are like goodwill. You know, you can you, they can be valued, but you can't always sell them with a the company. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but can I just ask? Did yes. uh, did Gin Lane fold? Then is that still going? Or um, is, do we not know? I think they closed down Gin Lane, and now they're doing exclusively pattern. pattern. Hang on, uh, I'm bringing it up on screen. Uh, okay, if you go to ginlane.com, you have a landing page that says, Hello, we're Gin Lane, and now we're Pattern. We've been Gin Lane for over a decade. <laughs> You've just become trans, again. Yeah. <laughs> we've been Gin Lane for over a decade and couldn't be more proud of the team we've built, the work we've accomplished, and the partnerships we've made. What the fuck have you accomplished? You pu- you posted pants on Instagram. They've done a conscious uncoupling. Um, mm. Today we're excited to announce the end of this chapter and the beginning of an exciting new one. We are closing our agency and starting a new company together called Pattern. It's like when a character on EastEnders is just replaced by a new actress with all, like no prior warning. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's the same <laughs> shit. Um, I feel like Pattern is maybe like a kind of like George Lazenby kind of in the in the sort of overall. Uh, you know, what, what, what was before George Lazenby? Oh. No, it was Connery's last one, and then it was Lazenby, right? Yeah, and then it was Lazenby, and then it was Dalton for two. Yeah. No, wait, no, 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 then it was Roger Moore, then it was Dalton. Well, the the Zuma reference here is that um, Patton is Don Cheadle as War Machine in the Avengers franchise. Um, so you guys all double double o seven fans, You're James um, Bond huge. fans. Well, my, <laughs> I I I've been sort of I never really I've watched never all the old one. Bonds, but I've been re-exposed it's... to them all recently um, mm. through through my through my girlfriend who has a real love of spy films. Okay. For, for my for myself, I think it is the the one piece of like male socialization I'll cop to is Bond movies. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, getting back to pattern. So that, that thing about Ernst & Young somehow is the pattern's answer to the critique that expensive cookware won't fix burnout. You know, that uh, thing that, that, that one small snag in the problem <laughs> that, the, that the entire product that they have devised does absolutely nothing to address any of its stated aims. Oh, yeah, it's a dildo that solves climate change. <laughs> How you ask? Well, we've said it does. Well, I mean, so a that's dil- a thing. dildos might solve burnout more effectively than cookware. It's more effective self-therapy. The cookware isn't really the point, they say. The overarching pattern brand and what it represents is the point. Okay, we're hitting the cult thing again now. Oh, <laughs> Jesus the, the, the brand can never fail. It can only be failed. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drink the flavor aid. But drink it out of this yeah. very nice um, blown crystal glass. Hmm. Mm. No, it glass? will be a glass that's like it's cut in such a way as to imitate crystal. Yep, that's absolutely. I, 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 just, I just hope that four people are very happy that I correctly identify that it wasn't Kool Aid at, jo- at Jonestown; it was Flavor Aid. I'm happy. That, well, that, I mean, that, that is branding. that is good news for Kool Aid because yeah. I think that has been hurting their the, brand they, for they a long really time. They really lost that battle in terms of please do not say drink the Kool Aid. Uh, yeah. It's a bit like it's a bit like how everyone thinks Hitler was German, you know. It's like a real it's a real win for the smaller brand. <laughs> that really did ge- damage the yeah. German brand. So this all circles back to Shine's understanding about how social change actually happens. Understanding's so, a strong word here. Also, yeah. actually, uh, change social. That's all of these words are doing an enormous amount of heavy lifting. Mm. So basically, um, Engels was uh, an, a historical idealist. Marx was a historical materialist, and Shine is the next step in this uh, process of intellectual growth. He's, uh, I'm loving Engels instead. Um, community <laughs> leaders advocate for change. Politicians draft and pass regulations and legislation. 
And then the market helps shape the way the public feels and thinks. And it's just libertarian how- <laughs> busy town. He's no, the worst. it's worse. It's worse. His brain has been replaced with the how a bill becomes law thing. Yeah, because the market doesn't touch the legislation. Yeah. And the legislation he's, is just what people mm, vote he's, for. He's, he's just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill. A plumber puts pipes together and stuff. <laughs> That's my understanding of the economy anyway. Um, he's, the market- he's a historical immaterialist. The, <laughs> the market makes things seem cool or uncool, right and wrong, the future and the past. He's, he's almost what? close to something there, but mm. I, I can tell he's never going to get there. He's going <laughs> to twist it into completely meaningless nonsense. He's like, oh, it's weird how our taste and culture is entirely defined by the, the like arbitrary the demands of the market. Uh, maybe cookware could make you get your erections back. <laughs> um, no, that's Hims, the, uh, the natural, organic uh, Rogaine and Viagra brand. Oh, I thought you were going to say like, you just belt out Jerusalem and then have a fucking <laughs> rock-hard penis. That too. <laughs> no, that's the BNP cooking show again oh yeah <laughs> hell um, yeah i remember I know, jerusalem's I, a little too ethnic for them isn't it so maybe few our future brands this is about to away from the article again and back to the, web, the website our future brands will focus on activities that foster daily enjoyment such as organizing your house learning hobbies and more perhaps something to do with sewing our second brand will join the family in early 2020 that's an edit- I editorialized that in because I read that it was something to do with oh. sewing last uh, last time I checked this out. Sewing oh, okay. badly it's needs to be telling. disrupted. So that's just that's just believably something they would say. Just like <laughs> perhaps they would say, I don't know, like if you if you're still feeling depressed about you know the general state of the world and how like climate change is going to kill us all, even after you've had this cheap cookware for too much money, I don't know. Maybe you could like learn to crochet or something. I don't know. Maybe that would. I don't know. I am going to text the cooking mum about climate change and be like, <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I have pre-traumatic stress disorder, I'm pretty sure. The only way we can, f- we can actually fight brands like Pattern, people like Emmett Shine and Nicholas Ling and Camille, who read the Benjamin Franklin's 13 Virtues and had an epiphany about it. Is just- in the octagon. <laughs> the <laughs> just octagon come up of- behind them and hit them with a folding chair marked electoralism. <laughs> be called something like Ric Flair <laughs> uh, yeah the only way to get rid of this kind of thing being everywhere in our society is vote Labour or vote Bernie Sanders in the, <laughs> in the Democratic Party primary because lord knows if it's anyone else more of your life is going to be defined by more shit like this yes mm. and we will have to keep making this podcast we're trapped in here yeah. Listen, if you live in if you live in the US, make sure that you write in Matt Hancock for US president. <laughs> Look, I, I, as I always say, the brands are trapped in here with us. Mm. Well, indeed. Just as an aside, I don't know whether it's because I've got a cold and my brain's just like not working properly. But every time we say Nickling, I just keep thinking of Bitpling. Do you remember who Bitpling was? Of course, I remember who Bitpling okay, was. The, now the, I'm wondering if there the any PC, relation to one another. The PC music plastic people wunderkind who fucked Boris Johnson. <laughs> yes. I don't know what any of those words who mean. Fucked and I don't Boris want to Johnson. One of the PC. One of the people sort of. <laughs> I who said ended up- I don't want to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think she was sort of in an outer orbit of PC music, but she was mostly just one of these it girls that hung out with Alexa Chung at Plastic People in like 2010. Damn. And she had sex with Boris Johnson? Yes. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. I mean, anyway, but allegedly. What is with Boris Johnson's allegedly. alleged dick game? Because you wouldn't think looking at <laughs> yeah. him. Yo, dick game straight alleged. Yeah. <laughs> I can sort of believe that. He does have a kind of like weird chaotic energy. Like I can sort of I can sort Ooh, of yeah. see I, it. Everyone wants to be fucked chaotically. That's, that's <laughs> all I want to Yeah. Uh, my D and D alignment is chaotic boner. Wait, are you telling me that my my like human sex coach <laughs> has been telling me the wrong thing this whole time? Babe, hold up! I have to text That's somebody be the real next quick. Venture. Of course, if Hims is going to come with a coach for how to lay pipe. Yeah. But, okay, Hims is the trouser thing. No, it's no Hims is the Should be the Ancient time, <laughs> up on England's mountains green. Now, Natalie, to answer your question, Hims is yes, it is sort of the trouser thing, in as much as it's the mail order Viagra, but that's in cool packaging. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah that's going to be the next thing. Was clearly, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> how to use it? Oh yeah, call and just be like. Your authority and your fetish is that it's your first time, so no one can be mad at you if you come fast. 
Uh, I really, I just really want to do the like sex manual Jerusalem for like the rest of the podcast. <laughs> well, the rest of the podcast isn't very long. Yeah, p- play us been, out, Milo. We've been recording for a little while. Before you play us out, though, um, <laughs> Natalie, where can people purchase Steal as Much as You Can? Oh, from the repeater site. I mean, you can also buy it from Amazon, but I don't like to mention Amazon, yeah. Waterstones, yeah, Blackwells, but the repeater site. The repeater site's the place to do it. Now, we've spoken about that in a Kami Book Club episode a while ago. It was, I really enjoyed our conversation. So I suggest people go listen to that yes. and buy the book, buy two copies. Christmas is coming, buy one for everyone in your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been hearing from people on Twitter that it's converting their parents to labor. So that's mm. an even, even greater incentive to go out and hey, get one. Do you want, pick mm. the member of your family that you like most, give them steal as much as you can and then gang up with them on your shittiest relative yes absolutely yeah <laughs> um and uh, do you have anything else uh anything else going on or is it the book mainly well and the election like i'm just on ele- i'm on election footing now i just want to uh, do you want to plug know, the labor party <laughs> <laughs> um that that's it i mean I'm, I'm working still obviously on various different things but just that's the main yeah. focus buy the book vote labor uh, and also check out our theme song Here We Go by Ginseng uh, You can find it on Spotify it's And a good trashy yeah. and deranged of branded cookery where? <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck not Yeah, And check out our other theme song Which Milo will deliver shortly And also check out Alice on Do Not Eat's YouTube channel Yeah for- do that too Bring me my dick, Jumess and balls, harden my penis with some drugs. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Night. Bye. Bye.